Hello, welcome everyone to Being Experiential Podcast. I'm so excited that I have Bethany Evans and myself, Aaron Pruitt, together with our part two of the Pussy Panel based on Pussy, a Reclamation. By Regina Thomas Hour. <laughs> that one. I love that Bethany one. Say that because I fuck up her name. Yeah, that's okay. Well, I'll be saying most of the names tonight. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, we introduced the book and we had this, these beautiful ladies on, um, we kind of just talked about our first impressions of the book and a little bit about our journeys with our own pussy. And so we're going to continue that today with going along with chapters one through four. So if you're reading along with us, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. If you're not, I suggest getting the book and catching up. Um, so first we're gonna introduce everybody again. We do have someone new who wasn't on last time. Um, so I'm gonna introduce you first. Her name is Minol. Thank you for joining Hi. us, Minol. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, we're really excited to hear more about your journey too. Um, because you've gotten to work with Mama Gina, I don't wanna say personally, but like in her her courses or workshops and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And so what we're going to do is I'm just going to go around and, and you guys can introduce yourself and then maybe say your age and also your astrological sign. So, so Aaron, what a, go okay. Minal goes. Go okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Minal and I am 54 and my sign, I'm a Leo. Ooh, bringing that fire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Megan. Uh, so I'm Megan, I'm 25, and I am a Scorpio. <laughs> Bless, Bless you. you. <laughs> That's her aversion to Scorpios. To Scorpios. <laughs> I'm Aaron, scared. Erin did just admit that that uh, she she does have a fear of Scorpios. So Dude, I have a fear of one sign. It's a Scorpio. Yeah. Um, We're going to okay. change that. Mama Kathleen. Um, I'm, my name's Kathleen and I am a Virgo and I'm 70. Whoop. Then we have Caitlin. My name is Caitlin. I'm 25 and I'm a Gemini. Ooh. And MJ. <laughs> 47 and I am a Virgo. Oh, wonderful. Thank you all. Cause we all, the reason, the intention behind creating a panel was to really shoulder to shoulder, hand in hand, talk about our own pussy journey and what has it been like and where are we having breakdowns and breakthroughs, ahas, insights, and doing it in a community of women, you know, having their own journey. So we're going to kick it off real quick. Okay, here's the question. So we've read up to, this is the, we're covering chapter one to chapter four for those listening and we wanted to know, is there, um, in the book, is there anything that you're reflecting on that in those four chapters that stood out to you and you guys could just popcorn share, like, you know, in chapter two, or even if you don't remember the chapter, cause, um, it's me and I don't remember shit. So anything that you. stood out to you in this first part of the book? Silence is so great for podcasts. Isn't it? it usually, this is usually how things start. This is like when I teach courses, this is how it usually happens. <laughs> like, so who wants to answer? Okay. Not everyone at once. Oh, I'll go. Yay. Um, so for me, it's been almost a an exercise in pulling back and looking at the world or community or systems in a much more global sense. 
and looking at it from where she talks about the the patriarchy and how the patriarchy has made all these like they've created that pussies are pornographic or nudity is this thing or like labeled things in certain ways um and i think it's the same thing with all the the breakdown or the racism and prejudice and all the kinds of things that we're seeing that it's that if you take that step back and look at it in a much more well how does this impact not just me as a human but all the women around me and all the little girls that come after me and then all those who went before me and all the the ways that systems are set up in a way that is not honoring the feminine, the disservice to the world is massive. Yes. Yeah, I, I that 100%. Yeah, going off of what MJ said, um, <clears throat> I wrote down like when I was reading the part about how the pussy used to be worshiped mm -hmm. by all of these different cultures, all of these different people throughout you know, time, I put what happened to that? Like, why do we now, what shifted all of the sudden that made us stop worshiping the pussy? And now it's like a product of like disgust for a lot of, you know, religions or um, cultures. And so I found that super interesting. Yeah. So what I, <clears throat> what I've discovered with, I've, I've been really blessed to work with a lot of different teachers in this area. And one of them, her name is Deborah Sundahl. And she's like one of the first women like um, who, her message is about the G-spot. And one of the things she was saying was that for a long time, women's pelvis and the G-spot were actually in the medical books. And then they took it out. And so, and now all of a sudden, just like maybe 10, 15 years ago, they kind of put it back in as if it's this big discovery that a man had to, you know, it's named after a man and all of this stuff. And it was just, I just remember when I heard that, like the amount of outrage, because it wasn't just that, oh, in ancient times, it pussy was worshipped and now it's not. And so somehow we've forgotten. It was that it was actually in the medical texts and then it disappeared and it's like so i don't i don't know don't get me started because i, I can <laughs> no, go right. on and on about like how outraged i am you did what <laughs> yeah well i i want to speak to that and i i know i say things sometimes and aaron always gets on me about how i speak about men sometimes but it's not like I love men. I just want to preface that by saying, I'm not like saying all men are this way, um, but it's the patriarchy that, you know, like that was created by some men um, that I feel like they hijacked a lot of our, like, I don't know how to put it, like our gifts or our purposes in the world. And they made them about them instead of about women. And I see that as an example of what you just shared is, well, let me, let me put it back in and then say, look at the, we discovered it and a man discovered it. And only a man can, reach a woman's g-spot you know things like that right. Right. <laughs> yeah. and it speaks to the medical sexism too and just how as a whole in this country we don't understand the woman's body and physiology because I mean I brought this up last time 44% of women can't even properly identify the vagina mm -hmm. there's still a lot of debate amongst scholars if the g-spot's even really a thing mm -hmm. people still think female ejaculation is pee which that's an entirely different thing it, it really <laughs> touches on how just little we know um, yeah. as a as a society about women whereas in contrast we know so much about the male physiology and anatomy. Mm -hmm. 
and men or women, and they, they, they like to paint us as being so elusive and hard to understand, but it's really just because no one takes the time to, <laughs> you know, like no one educates us. <laughs> we don't even know ourselves for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I love that they, she had the, the picture too. And the, I don't know what chapter it was, but one of the first four chapters, I was looking back at it and, um, yeah, that, and I think she, it was in the book that she was talking about how the, the clitoris is actually just one big organist inside and outside. Um, mm-hmm. And in the that, clitoris chapter. Yeah. Clitoris. That's my favorite one. <laughs> I love it. The clitoris rules are my favorite. Um, but yeah. And I was like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense actually. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's not separate parts. Like it's all connected, you know, and it's just, it's on the outside and then there's, it's on the inside too. Um, so yeah, the, the lack of education, I think is the biggest issue with mm-hmm. why we women don't own our pussies or our pussy power. And I feel like for me, it's a little bit, this is Aaron. I feel like I find that I, um, I have my own, like what I'm discovering, right? There's like this discovering your own anatomy and your own, and then there's disca- and also discovering your own pleasure, but also reclaiming it. Cause I think there is when it comes to the pussy and then it comes to menstruation, like there is these con- negative connotations around it. And, um, even so for me, I'm finding myself reclaiming, but also getting a little pissed maybe at the patriarchy Mm -hmm. at our culture going like, are you kidding me? And so, um, I just feel like I am in this kind of quandary and playing with it and giving myself room to get frustrated, but also get liberated around it and it's not just one or the other it's like multiple feelings that come up and being a mother of a daughter I'm listening to her and how she talks and actually in many ways I fucking feel like she's more liberated than I am I'm like (laughs) what huh so I feel like sometimes I'm trying to catch up do you notice that like especially because we have several 25 year olds and then we have a 70 year old do you think like hey I feel more liberated than women that are 25 plus years older than me, or I feel less, or, I mean, this is kind of throwing, I'm throwing a question out to Caitlin, Megan, and my mom, Kathleen, and maybe mean old, like, but what do you, do you think there's anything about age and liberation and pussy freedom? No. (laughs) That was, that was a quick answer. Did you say no? I said no. Well, for me, I'll speak for me. What I was going to say about the book so far, I've bounced all over the place with it, all over every emotion. I came out from reading the first couple of chapters and I was pissed at your, at my husband. He, he hadn't done anything, but he was a, he had a penis and I was mad at him for that. And I told him, I go, this is totally irrational, illogical. It's not you. But having read the history of the pussy, having read where we were at a time and where we are now. And so I was fascinated and felt like I was really getting educated. I was coming from a place of shame. I mean, I really recognize reading so far reading the book, just how shameful, what a shameful place I was in with my pussy. 
you know, and I still have a hard time saying the word. And I found myself. I could tell. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, "Uh." I know. See, that's how you say it, right? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But I think I don't apologize. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) But I told Aaron, you know, we were talking and I said, I'm not sure I'd like this gal who wrote the book. I'm like, I don't know if I'd like her. There's a few things so far that I've read that I totally disagree with her. Has nothing to do with the pussy, but a couple of other things, you know, that she's talked about. But so for me, I am shocked at how little I knew, uh, how I viewed, I mean, I'm one of those, I'm still trying, kind of trying to find my G spot, but the other thing, well, there, I don't want to take up too much time because there's a lot of wonderful things so far. And it's opened up some really amazing conversations between Tom and I, you know, just really, I feel more freedom than I've ever felt to talk around about it. So anyway, that's me. No, that's great. Uh, Caitlin or Megan, do you have anything given 25 thoughts about pussy freedom, liberation or lack of? Yeah, I mean, um, I'd love to hear if Megan feels the same way. But when Kathleen said shame, but you were mad at Tom about things, I felt shame. And I was mad at women who were like older than me, like my mom um, or my sister who just have very different, you know, my sister met her husband when she was 22, fell in love, had this like perfect marriage. My mom's like, oh, that's exactly how everyone should date everyone should date to marry like it should be you know this this way and if it's not this way if you have um you know sex with people you're not married to or sex with people you're not in a relationship with it's not like the best and so I've had like a lot of shame about that through my you know young adult life just um more about like my own sexual journey compared to that of my family members um so that's something that like I don't know if like other people in their 20s feel that way but I feel like we're all our generations like way more like we talk about our sex lives more openly we're you know I think more open about kinks and fantasies and discussing that kind of things with our friends and so it's hard to then like have that conversation with older women because they don't really get it or they judge you about it um so yeah that's where I think like my shame comes from as a 25 year old and real quick I hate getting emotional everyone knows I hate getting emotional and I always do (laughs) Caitlin real quick I think Megan's gonna add to it but I had a question is it your own sexual journey compared to your family or compared to the females in your family like do the men get a different allowance or route? That's a good question. Well, so my brother's gay. Um, I think Aaron knows that, but it's, so him and I have kind of like had that same struggle because he is now 35 and still single. And we both hang out together all the time. We party together. We go, um, you know, dating in LA and San Francisco is a lot different than dating in small towns and so um it's just a very different experience I think for the two of us Mm -hmm. compared to other people in our family and that includes like our extended family too um I think my brother and I are like the only ones who live 
these live styles, if you will. Authentically. <laughs> Authentically, <laughs> yeah. Free. Everyone else is like, a, yeah. don't talk about it. Don't let anyone know what goes on outside of our house. Sorry, yeah. mom. <laughs> yeah. So they just project. I mean, that's just what happened, I think, for generations is the shame got projected onto them from wherever it came from. And then it got projected onto their kids and then their kids and then their kids. And your gener and the generations who choose not to give into it are the ones who are breaking that pattern, you know. So that's what you're doing, you and your brother. Do you want to add to that, Megan? Um, as far as the who's more liberated argument, I think it's it, it's very subjective, and it's it's also it depends on what area we're talking about because I do think you know, um, by and large, women who are older typically give less of a fuck about what other people think and are more um, solid in themselves and feel a little bit more confident and, and more self-assured in their direction. And they have that power figured out. And you, know, you have uh, women like Kathleen as well, who are, you know, very, open <laughs> to doing something like this um and uh I want to honor that but from my experience in my own family I definitely am um kind of more liberated than the women around me even just my older sister who's only five years older than me um she just turned 30 and same thing with Caitlin uh she met her fiance when she was 15 years old she's only dated him um they do live in sin so that <laughs> took some getting used to for my family they bought a house together they have a dog they probably they're debating on if they're they're they will ever get married they've been together 15 years for them it's just they love each other they know we love each other who cares um that does stir some <laughs> conversation at family get-togethers but um I do think that caused a lot of shame in me that I've just squat. I've just, it's, I've internalized. Uh, so I don't ever really let people see it. And I've taken that kind of to the other extreme of, I knew, you know, I never got a sex talk when I was a kid. I never got uh, educated about puberty from my parents. I never heard if anything sexual was happening on TV, the immediate cover at your eyes and go, Oh, this is icky. And, uh, even now still, I told my mom I'm on a pussy panel and she said that I'm actively degrading women by being a part of this. Oh God. Um, so I kind of steered into that skid and I decided to learn as much as I possibly could about the female anatomy and about sexuality and open myself up as much as I could because growing up, I, I was told, you know, sex is only for marriage ish uh, and you know because <laughs> my parents weren't really sexually active at all other than <laughs> when they were making children and um and you know bisexuals are are terrible people who will never have a stable relationship and I am bisexual so that made like pushed me into the closet very deeply I still am not out to my family um and so I feel like um, while I am more liberated than maybe the generations prior, 
I do have that same internalized hurt from that mentality, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Which really doesn't even belong to you. It's all everyone mm-hmm. else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the theme of this year is cleansing out that ancestral learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So this brings us to the next question. And I think Kathleen alluded to something. So you get to pick one, Kathleen. Is, is there anything that you're struggling with the book? What is it and why? Struggle, disagreeing, not understanding. Um, well, struggling. Uh, We're not like. Oh, I guess a, cu- a couple of things early on in the first chapter, she said something about you would sell your soul. I know this seems so small, but for the, I think orgasm is what the, you know, for the pussy. And I'm like, I wouldn't sell my soul. I think that's a really huge statement. So it pissed me off. I'm like, that's massive. And I'm not really, I'm really spiritual, but I'm not attached to a religion, but it felt so broad. And so anyway, so I disagreed with that. That put me off. Um, I think I struggle a little bit with, uh, well, I do struggle a little bit with pussy all the time. (laughs) You're sounding so good each time though. Let's see. Let's see. Like shit. I'm so comfortable with vagina, you know, I just, (laughs) so, um, but let's see. And then I told Aaron the thing that, um, when she, and I, I haven't gotten further on in the book because I, I think she does and describe things and go on to explain a bit more. But when she said kind of out of the blue uh, and then um, my pussy told me to get a divorce. I'm all for, Hey, I, I have nothing. It's not like I have anything against divorce, but there was no explanation. I'm like, fuck, I'm not your pussy does not tell you everything for fucking God's sake. And if your pussy tells you to get a divorce, there better be more than just, oh, yep, get a divorce. Oh, okay. And then you go get a fucking divorce. I'm like, no. So I had a real, as you can tell, a strong reaction to that. (laughs) (laughs) And I I appreciate you sharing this because I think as a panel, it's, Um, everyone who's reading this book that, you know, um, from who's in the Facebook group, who's listening to the podcast, they're going to come up against something in the, in the book also and be like, you know, "Mm, I like that. Does anyone want to share their thoughts on like what Kathleen said? Like, Hey, I agree. I disagree. Or here I have some insight around that. I think it's a valid point. Like with the last point you made about the pussy told me to get a divorce, like, there, because I've been having these, uh, like, I love the book. Like, it's like one of one of the the books that changed my life, and I do literally use a lot of the practices. However, there have been times where I'm thinking, okay, if I just listen to my pussy all of the time, is it really what's best for me? Right? Like, so bringing in, like, does my heart is my heart in the right place too? Like, is it on board with pussy, or is like, you know? Um, <laughs> making sure they're connected. Is my mind okay with it? You know? So I I think that's a valid point in terms of sexual desires, because I'm a very sexual person. So sometimes like I could want to have sex with somebody, but doesn't mean it's going to be the best thing for me after, um, you know, maybe. So, yeah. So I can, I totally can see how that's a, and I just, where you came from. Yeah. I mean, I, 
really like a lot around listening to the pussy, trusting mm. my feminine instincts more, yeah. doing, I really, and so I get her point. I just think that it deserves that point deserved more explanation around it because it is more than just listening to my pussy. Hopefully there was a lot of thought and you talk to people, you know, just more around it, but I don't want to give the, I don't want to, I really am learning a lot around the book. I feel very, I feel way less educated and smart around all this and this entire panel. <laughs> I feel like the, 16 year old here <laughs> what but I, I, I think context oh sorry I was gonna say I think context is a good thing because when you were you said your first point which now I can't remember exactly what it was but I was like well what was the context she was using oh selling your soul for an orgasm yeah yeah was I was I was like well what was the context she was using it in because I think sometimes yeah if you don't have context behind somebody's story that it is difficult to understand like yeah yeah you're just choosing that huge life change on you know because your pussy just told you to one day I, 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 yeah <laughs> I, would, I wanted to say that I think too is if she would have said I really put a lot of thought into this to divorce my husband yeah would you have been a more, more okay with that than she actually made a pussy choice yes absolutely I think and I'm just going to challenge you here is that our society validates thought being I'm an intuitive I can mm -hmm. fucking give a shit about thought half the time I want to know what is your instinct Mm -hmm. What is your mind and what does your body and your spirit feel? So when I hear thoughts, I'm like, I really thought about this here. And I'm like, okay, okay, great. What does your like spirit want? And for me, the pussy sometimes is a great link to the body and a spirituality, a sexuality. So I was just thinking, like, I got what you're saying. Like, oh yeah, I think I remember her saying that. And is it worse than saying I thought about it? And well, didn't check in with other parts of myself. The mm -hmm. only thing I would say, I agree with you that it isn't just thought. It is, you know, your emotions, your pussy, your your instincts. But for a bit, a decision like that, a divorce, I think it calls for all that. I don't think it calls for one element. I think it calls for all that, personally. And I'm not saying if somebody said, you know, I went, I don't know. But anyway, the, it was just throwing out there and so yeah I would have liked more wrapped around that statement basically I think Mina really wants to say something I can feel her moving towards the microphone <laughs> leaning in and oh, leans oh back my, oh, me in, me in. go <laughs> Mina go Mina <laughs> I just want to like add like add a little bit to some of what what's been already shared so I come from a traditional Indian background and I was the first in my family to be raised in the US. I was born in India, but I was raised in the US. And so got married a week out of college and I had been assaulted twice, once as a 14 year old and then again when I was 25. And I just took all of my sexual energy and I pulled it in so tight and didn't realize I'd gone into a freeze state. And then spent like 25 years, like slowly coming out of that. And so, so for me, when I heard, when I read the book, like I said, it was in, uh, it was in December of 2016, when I first read the book, it felt to me like this transmission, like this, it's like, 
what? There's a wisdom down there. There's like, like it was another way for me to, to tap in and connect with this part of myself that had been so shut down. And so as my body has been waking up, what I've discovered, and it's coming from the opposite end of the spectrum from where Bethany's been, where you were saying you don't necessarily trust sometimes because you are very sexual, you have a lot of sexual urges. Coming from the side of the spectrum where I didn't have the sexual urges, it was just this, I, my practice for a long time, it was one of the first practices I did, was to start asking, what does pussy want? And my friends will tell you there was a time, like if I had been blogging, it would have been so funny because it's like, I would use a pendulum and I'm do actually doing it now. It's like, I'll use a pendulum and I'll check and I'll make sure that I'm connected in with pussy and I'll ask her her opinion on things. And half more often than not, my mind reacts with a, you want us to do what? <laughs> it's like, you've got to be kidding me and I've learned over time that number one because I wanted that body connection and I wanted to tap into that body wisdom and that pussy wisdom it's like I taught myself it's like I whatever that answer is I gotta do it I gotta do it and um and it's taken me into some magical places but what I've discovered is that it's a very grounded voice much more grounded than my heart would be and so I come from a background of giving too much of myself. And what I've discovered is like pussy's voice is actually very different than my heart because it's like she takes everyone into consideration, including me somehow. I just, I just wanted to throw that in. Mm. <laughs> That's really helpful. Yeah. Like another cut at it. Yeah, I love that. All right. I'm going to switch gears for a second. So if I move too fast, someone just, you know, yell. Um, so, so what I want to know, we have single people on this, in this panel and we have people in a relationship. So maybe we'll start with people, those of you ladies that are in a relationship, how has reading this book impacted your relationship? Like if, being in a relationship, I saw this, or I'm having this experience. And then we'll ask people like being, not being in a relationship, I'm able to discover this from having this experience. I think it added an element of fun. I'm in I'm more of a situationship as opposed to relationship, but it's all the same. Um, and I, I noticed, cause I, I made a point um, to, not be ashamed of reading this book and being a part of this panel. So I'm very open with the people around me, um, the teachings of it, uh, which, which kind of goes against something I've always done, which is just kind of hide all parts of myself all the time. And uh, so I, I started listening to this book with the person that I'm in a situation with and it just added such a level of fun and not necessarily in a sexual way or anything like that but just now uh, we'll sit there and we'll listen to the book and you know whenever we're deciding what we want for dinner it's oh what does pussy want we're gonna get whatever pussy wants and uh you know I have a tendency to um not do nice things for myself and so they'll look at me and go 
what would a courtesan do or whenever I am doing something for myself I say it's my inner courtesan and it's just added such a level of joy that prior we did not have it brought play back to our relationship and not in a sexual way um that being said those days that we do listen to the book together it tends to spice things up not gonna lie (laughs) uh, which is helpful in its own right but I think it's just it's brought so much fun and play and joy that I I had forgotten existed in life and it's brought that back to me and it's brought that back to a relationship that was dying in a lot of ways that's awesome Anyone else in a relationship that want to wants to pipe in Melanie it made, it made me get brave with um, having conversation with my husband because I knew it needed to happen. Um, and I was afraid and I was sitting reading the book and sitting next to him on the couch reading the book. And there was a passage in it and I just highlighted it and wrote a note next to it and handed him the book. And he read the section. He was like, okay, yeah. So, and then that kind of just opened the door for the the conversation to start happening and then let me then talk to him about that I wasn't loving me and that I wasn't allowing me to feel worthy or have pleasure or do some of the things that she was talking about. Because I think that's been, uh, and I mentioned this last time, that's been the most powerful part for me is that tapping into yeah, you deserve to wear sexy underwear and yeah, you deserve to do impractical things and have pretty flowers and, you know, do all of that kind of stuff. And as he has watched me start to do those things, then he's doing them too. Like I bought myself flowers the other day and he bought me flowers too. (laughs) Like, oh, oh, I guess we really wanted flowers today because (laughs) I got two doses of them. Um, And just- I don't know. He's just like, it's not just impacted me. It's definitely filtered over to how he is being with me, but it's also made me pay more attention to him. It's like, if I want this done for me, then I better do it for him too, because as much as I deserve it, he deserves it. And Mm -hmm. if I want it to come back at me, then I need to put it out. Right. I need to treat him in the way that I want to be treated and, do all of those kinds of things. And it's definitely like everything I throw out there comes back to me tenfold. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. This is Minal. I, I agree. It's like, like my husband, our entire marriage, he, he has always seen more in me than I've been able to see in myself. And so with doing mastery in 2017 and developing a cadre of sister goddesses now that live across the like all over the world it's um it's really put me deep in the practice of like if he can see it and he sees it so clearly in me then what's it in me that's stopping from me stopping me from taking ownership of it and I still remember, I, I don't know if this practice is in the book, I think it is, but um, Regina taught it at, um, at graduation. And it was the practice of saying, thank you, it's true, when you get a compliment. 
And I remember like my whole body just like cringed with, oh my God, I could never do that. <laughs> and which of course, by then I knew was my sign that, okay, I have to do this practice. And, and it really is, it's just this, there was this deep down recognition of like how, um, how many cross wires I had that as it, like it, 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 it really showed me how much I would block his love for me because I would do this subtle, like I would dismiss it or deflect it or do all of these little things. And it's like in diving deep in the practices and having sisters who reflect to me and um, like take me higher, um, show me like where, where I'm um, like cutting corners and where I'm not really replenishing myself. It's, um, it's like, I, I really believe I can accept his love now. And it's not just that I can accept it. It's like, I can actually like, like take it in and it's like, like really kind of revel in it. And, and, and I can tell, like, it's almost like this, um, it's almost like moisture is being added to my body that I didn't even know that I was missing before. And it was just because of my, of all of this patterning and this conditioning that I think all of us have to certain, just different, different degrees. Brene Brown talks about um, when she was in therapy early on in her relationship with her husband, that her therapist told her, yeah, you should probably leave him because he likes you way more than you like you. <clears throat> and listening to that, I was like, oh, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think for me in, in, very much where you were, Mino, you know, um, with Tom. I mean, we're married 51 years. And I've always never loved myself. He's like this incredible mirror to me when I choose to look, really look in, of how much he loves me, you know. Um, and I think that has been a problem for me, not really looking in that reflection looking and, and believing it. And so I think that is one of the things the book is giving me and us. The other thing I wanted to, I talked to Aaron, I talked to Tom and he gave me full permission to talk about it. And I talked to Aaron, we're in a really unique situation sexually at the moment because Tom had prostate cancer and had his prostate removed a year ago. And so we're still working towards him having a full erection. And uh, the interesting thing is he can come, he can have an orgasm without a full erection, which Messy is free. Yeah. Without, <laughs> with no, with no, uh, <laughs> messiness. No, yeah. ejaculate. <laughs> no, thank you. That's the word. I was oh, saying. gotcha. Okay. Oh, bad. No That's pretty cool. For those of us who have to pee afterwards, you can go, Dad. <laughs> and you know he's very open about it. He talks about it a lot. Um, but I notice I've been uncomfortable, not quite knowing what to say, how far to take the conversation. Um, you know, because I don't want him to get stressed or feel stressful around it. The book has just really helped me. Uh, open these conversations with him of which he jumps right into. Um, and um, I'm asking for more. I'm asking for way more than I ever did before of which 
he would have loved me to ask. He's asked me for probably 51 years. Well, what do you like? What don't you like? And I'm, you know, like shorthand with him, you know. So anyway. That's uh, shorthand. <laughs> so anyway, it's really been, it's helped us with just around, um, you know, what we're dealing with sexually with, because we've always had a really strong, I mean, a big sex life, you know, we've, and so the, the cancer kind of took us to an unknown place. And, you know, so we're, I, we're starting to navigate it with more honesty and more openness, I think, than we had before. So that's wonderful. And how powerful for other men who are experiencing this exact same thing, because he's not the only guy who's going through yeah. this and you're not the only a couple, but yeah. no one talks about yeah. any of these real things. And if we uh, just start <clears throat> talking about all these things that we all experience at some point in some way, and like we all have the same stuff, it's just organized differently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It's true. I agree. So I'm going to share it. Carl and I have, so I've been dating Carl, like we've been together for over two years and we have, I'm super liberated. And I think there's a lot of like, um, what I want, what I expect. And I think Carl hasn't been with a woman who's so liberated. So sometimes I think he gets uncertain. And then that I noticed I started shutting down. Like I started being like, is there something wrong with me? Am I emasculating? What am I doing here? And so since the book, I think it's having me step back in my power more. What I'm doing two things and I'm floundering. It's not like everything's handled because I don't think he knows what the fuck to do with me. So I already <laughs> was it pretty independent and vocal. And then you give me a pussy book and now I'm saying my pussy wants socks. And he's like, oh, fuck me. Um, okay. And, and Carl also like, you know, wasn't talking about sex and, you know, he, even, we were talking, debating, if you talk about sex, do kids have it more? And I was like, sweet baby Jesus, the research shows that that's not true. Um, so I'm also trying not to make him wrong for disagreeing with me, though. I really think he's wrong. So does my pussy. Um, so, but what I notice is there is this kind of we I feel like there's a little bit of fumbly floundery what we're doing so for me there's more liberation and there's more uh, there's more I don't know if liberation is the right word but almost rediscovering a deeper liberation regardless of where he's floundering and that's a I don't know if any of you are in that but like I like I'm listening to MJ and I'm seeing like her husband is just like and it sounds like many ways matching, like, yes, give me more. Carl is lost sometimes. And then sometimes he is like, okay, I could run with this, but I can see him trying to understand everything. And I'm getting more like out of my head and more in my body. And I think he does it. He still he goes, he goes to up his to head. his head. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to say that I, th I just wanted to speak to the voice of like, it's not figured out. It's two different cultures coming together and just a quick background, you know? So I met my late husband when I was 19, didn't have sex to our wedding night. Right. So I am totally stereotypical. You don't have sex until you're married. I also had a fear of getting pregnant because I felt like everyone got fucking pregnant in my family. <laughs> so I was not going to be a pregnant college student. And but then, you know, I come to 38, my husband dies 
And then I discover that I am such a sexual being and how do I do this? Like, and I had a lot of shame. And one of the things the book gave me tons of liberation with was I said, like, oh, I had a lot of sex, like I had different partners. And what she said is I took lovers and I'm like, you know what? Fucking hey, I'm t- I took lovers. That's what I did because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was married, had a really healthy sex life. I enjoyed it. And then I had to discover what sex was like with other people. And what do I like at 38 is not the same at 22. So for me, I find myself trying to try, but I'm shedding the shame or the like, I don't know what I'm doing, like messiness and rather being like, no, I'm discovering and there's freedom and I have a partner who feels like he's next to me sometimes. And sometimes he's on his ass and in mud and doesn't know what the fuck, which way is up and which way is down. <laughs> okay, I have a very, I have a very similar situation to Aaron right now. Um, Jeez, am I so the only I, single person here? Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, so I actually didn't tell my partner that I was on this podcast until I got like very drunk last weekend and we were just sitting there and I was like oh by the way (laughs) I'm doing this pussy panel podcast and I'm talking about our sex life on there and he's very much like Carl uh, Carl. he's just like stoic doesn't really talk about his emotions it's been like we've we've known each other for a long time but it's this is like the first time we're dating in like a like adult relationship. And I'm like, no, we have to talk about emotions. This can't just be like, oh, we're 15 years old. We're going to go sailing. And that's, that's, we're going to call it a day. <laughs> like It's not the same thing. Um, and so he was very much like, oh, okay. When I told him, you know, things that I'd shared on the first podcast about, you know, orgasm stuff, he was very like, shot like curious like he wants to learn more but he was also just like taking it all in and so it's been a lot it's not like MJ's relationship where her husband's you know kind of matching it right now he's kind of like taking it in trying to figure it out I think it would maybe be beneficial for like him and Carl to read the books themselves (laughs) Um, yeah but I don't know if he would ever agree to that so I'm kind of like slowly trying to work it in there but it's also so hard because then I get like anxious about like oh am I like stressing him out by telling him like oh I don't orgasm when we have sex like is that stressing him out even more or is it like you know something we can like keep working on how long have you guys been together um so we're going on like three and a half months right now we've been on and off since we were like 13 years old oh okay so you guys know each other for long yeah yeah I feel like, so so I'm the only single person here, but I was married. We were together for almost 10 years and we had a pretty good sex life. Like the sex was good. However, we went through bouts of like, and I I kind of feel, felt my story in yours, Aaron, where with, Mm -hmm. with Carl, where like, I was super liberated and I would get like, you know, I want to do this. And I was like, very like open. And then he would kind of be like, I don't know, shut down a little bit, like, I think his shame would come up around it or like something. And then I would then feel shameful. And then I made it about me. And then it kind of like just got into the spiral downward of like me making it about me. And then we just like not having sex and then not talking about it. And now like hearing all this, I was like, I wonder like if our relationship could have survived if I had read the book when we were together, you know? Um, 
because I didn't, I wasn't introduced to it until like after we were already divorced. But um, what I notice now is that I always have been kind of very open. Like if I'm allowed that space, if, if I feel comfortable, I'm going to be very open with whoever I'm with. Um, and I kind of reflect that person in a way, like if they start to shut down, I'll start to shut down, like you said. Mm. Um, and, but now that I, that I've been on my own, I've been single for like three years now or three or four years. Um, when I meet or talk to new guys, like it's hard because a lot of people are intimidated if like, because, and it's what I hear with all of your relationships is you guys all have foundations, right? You have that trust, you have the commitment, you've been together for years, you know each other. So there's no fear of someone leaving the other one or feeling inadequate. You guys have that emotional connection, but when you're meeting somebody new, like, and then you start to talk to them and you can, and then you kind of realize, oh, this is what she does. And this is what she's talking about on her podcast. Like there's, there's this level of intimidation. uh, And I do see men they, they want to please us. Right. I, I see that about men is they really want to please us. They, and they want to perform for us. They think they have to perform. And I think that's where they sometimes get in their heads and they try to figure it out rather than drop into their bodies, which is what we're calling them to do. Right. When we're being in our body and we're like trying to tell them, this is what I want. Instead, they go up to their head and they're trying to figure it out. But when they do that, then they become disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I see that happening a lot. I think with men who aren't used to women who are liberated or, you know, very sexually open or just like talking about it. Um, yeah. So that's been my struggle dating recently is like, I mean, we talked about it on the last episode too. And I think I will write the questions I usually ask the men that I start talking to, or I'm like, I'll, I, I want to have that sex conversation. I want to know if we're going to be sexually compatible, you know? So like, are you going to eat my pussy? Are you going to eat me until I come? Like all those things are really important. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I noticed that some men are a, a lot more shut down than others, or some have difficulty actually meeting me where I'm at. And that's my, that's my hurdle right now. <laughs> no, I think that's a really good point. I'm thinking it's just something to reflect that we're all in different, where we are in our own journey, single or in a relationship or a, what do you call it, Megan? A situation, a situationship. A situationship. Wow, Megan, you're always so brilliant. It's kind of intimidating sometimes. And Scorpio put that on top of it. Um, Maybe that, that's why you don't like Scorpios. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they intimidate you. Yeah. And they see me. They're like, I see you. Um, we see all. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to switch because now I brain farted. Okay. I have another question before we have a big question. So eventually in a moment, we're all going to declare, hopefully declare at least one, if not two activities we're going to bring to the third panel of pussy liberation, something that, um, I don't know what we, how we worded it, but I'm going to call it pussy liberation because that's what's in my head. But before we go there, one of the things that Regina does a really great job, she talks about her own story and she talks about being shut down from a little girl, having a brother who was a bully, who was violent, probably uh, my sense was maybe mental health issues where he would also peek in on her in the bathroom. So she had this really scary 
shut down as a child. And I'm curious if any of you, I think Mina, you, you spoke a, a little bit about yours, but was there anything that happened in your history that kind of did that pussy shut down that you'd be willing to share here? Cause I know there's a lot of people listening going, but did you have this happen to you? I have to overcome this obstacle or this pain. Um, can anyone speak to that? I have a few different points on that one. Um, I kind of had, I, this book has really, uh, encouraged me to turn inward, um, and, and, and challenge my ways of thinking and really figure out what caused it in the first place. So I've been doing a lot of very deep diving into my past to see what traumas I have that are informing my present that I can then heal and move on from. And, um, there's, I can kind of break it down into, I think, three major occurrences that led me to feeling disempowered uh, um, currently. And, and as a kid, uh, that, I'm, that this book has really opened me up to. And um, I was um, molested when I was 10 from someone who worked for the school. And uh, I, it happened at a school event and I knew I should tell someone and then I immediately got embarrassed and didn't. And he still works for schools and that's something that I just kind of hold on with me. But I think that silence and that embarrassment over something that you had no control over uh, really made me be quiet about anything I was experiencing. So if sex hurt or if I didn't want to do something or if something didn't feel right to me, I just immediately got quiet and that took a lot of my power away. And then, um, you know, I, I was raped several times in college too. And I think that all just culminated in this, well, just take it, just take it and you'll be fine. And so I got into this toxic habit of sleeping with people that I wasn't interested in or felt comfortable with or having sex when it hurt with a partner that I did care about and wanted, but not saying anything because I didn't want to ruin his fun or because I didn't want to seem weak or, you know, like I was complaining too much, which she brings up in the book and really gave you kind of a pussy permission slip of stop. And that's something I'm going to try to work on um, in in days to come. But um, there was also, I, I kind of touched on it earlier, my family didn't talk about sex, did, did not talk about puberty. Um, and so I developed a lot of shame around menstruation. I was, because it wasn't talked about, um, because kind of the first time I heard my mom talk about it, she was talking about how um, a, a coach, a, a coach at one of the high schools in town, um, basically, um, shamed and harassed a girl for, um, some repercussions, some medical, uh, issues she had revolving her period, um, in front of all of the boys in, on the team. And so that instilled this, okay, so men will make you weak because of your hormones, because of your cycle. And I saw that again and again and again, you know, be, menstruation being used as a way to invalidate women, you know, um, the whole PMS ideology of, you know, oh, she's, she's just hormonal. That's why she's grumpy today instead of 
women's feelings being valid. And so I made a pact with myself from a very young age. I will never tell someone when I'm on that part of my cycle because I will not allow it to be um, a source that, that they will be able to invalidate me. But in doing that, I have um, not taken care of my body in the way that it needs to be taken care of during those fluctuating times that women have in their cycles or people who menstruate rather, not only women menstruate, but, um, and, and so uh, through like Usha Nandi, she's part of the Wombin um, collective, you know, learning all that, that's getting my power back. And then two, something we're going to, or three, um, something we'll probably talk about on the Yoni egg episode. If we get around to that, I have chronically tight pelvic floor muscles that cause significant amount of pain, a lot of different, um, issues. So, um, I just started becoming, uh, I was at war with my pussy and I wasn't connected with it because I just hated it so much for all of the pain and lack of quality of life that it was causing. And that just removed me so much more from that power because it felt so disempowering. And so those are all things that I'm working on. (laughs) <laughs> they they um they felt disempowering at a, at the time but now I'm starting to learn to take it back and I feel like um this book has really allowed me that opportunity to reconnect and heal and and give me the permission slip that I needed to kind of take that initiative and start doing things for myself to to further facilitate that healing thank you Megan that's a journey I heard you I know you said raped twice in college it just went fast for me I was like I didn't know if there's anything that you know that's a big um trauma to be faced with but you know because I'm I was like okay like I don't know why I'm sharing but I was like oh that was fast that's a big (laughs) thing to face um does anyone else want to share something where you were disempowered or shut down I'll share just, um, I kind of shared last time, but, you know, my mom, honestly, for the time, for the 1960s, was very open. I mean, she would talk. I felt very comfortable going to her and asking questions about, you know, period. And, but what I realize now and in reading the book, um, there were so many mixed messages and she caught me masturbating once. Um, and didn't say anything at the time, but the next night I remember her calling me out to the dining room table and she said, I know she, and I was, I knew, you know, you can tell, I think I was probably like 10 or 11 and I felt such shame. I knew she was going to say something. So we got out there and she said, I know what you're doing. And if you keep doing it, you won't enjoy sex when, with a man as much. And I remember just, first of all, feeling a shame that I'd never felt before, embarrassed, humiliated. And we were raised Catholic. So, you know, the, the female was responsible for everything. You know, it was up to you. You were told to wake up. If you were having a bad or a sexy dream, 
you know, that was a sin. And so you were supposed to wake yourself up and put yourself back to sleep. And, you know, things just kind of grew from there. I remember I went to a Catholic boarding school and I remember they had a priest that came one evening to give a, a some kind of a talk. We were all standing up and somehow it must have been on, I don't know how he got to the subject of masturbation, but he said, masturbating is a mortal sin. And then everybody sits down and I'm just standing there because I'm like, holy, I'm going to hell because I masturbate. There were so many mixed messages. Sex was good. My dad thought my, he told me once that he thought my mom was too aggressive sexually. It, it, it was, you know, and it was the sixties. So I was, and I was very sexual and sensual from a very young age, but with so many mixed messages. So I know that's where the shame came from that area. And I never, ever made friends with my pussy ever and you know blood it just it was a separate part I loved what I got the feeling of it the thrill of an orgasm and all that but immediately after what happened was shame always that I'm bad and it's wrong so for me this book has been it is transformational I know it's giving me a freedom that I have never had in my life before with myself, just me. So, mm. yeah. Thank you, Kathleen, AKA mom. Welcome, Erin, AKA daughter. <laughs> I'm gonna move to another question, but I wanna give room to anyone else who might wanna share if there was a shutdown, shame or something that happened in your history that disconnected you, shamed you about your pussy that you might wanna share. Do you want to share something, Erin? Uh, I think for me, it's funny. I think I have a little bit of a flip side because I was molested at age six twice by a neighborhood babysitter who I think in retrospect, total pedophile or like groomer, like he, had, you know, someone who is definitely struggling. Um. But I think what it did to me, see, and I don't know, maybe it did, I don't know if it shut me down, but I decided, I made a decision. So, but I also want to acknowledge, so I had parents that were pretty liberated. So this is like 81, 82, like they didn't even know how to interview kids. Um, Let me clarify. So my parents basically went to the police and we end up having, we end up almost, we won a court case, which in 81, 82 is like fucking rare. And I'm having a lawyer on our panel. She's like, yeah, like, but I think I was liberated in the process, though it was so traumatic and so um, scary, you know, for a seven-year-old to go through a court case. But I had someone to say, you're wrong. And everyone here agrees with me that you're wrong and you shouldn't do this. And I think I was in and out. Like I want to, I would say something and I was like, no, I don't want to do this. And I think I'd, my parents were like, listen, it was wrong what he did. And we're publicly saying something. And I know a lot of parents at the time and maybe even since struggle um, with going to the police or saying something. But I, for me, it was, you know, I'm a Libra. I want fucking fairness. And I had freedom around that. 
So I think I didn't have the same things that my peers, when they would talk about being molested as a child that didn't say anything or were told to, sh- or like maybe just went to a therapist or um, didn't feel f- like they didn't feel comfortable like having justice serve or they didn't have a community to do that. And for me, but what's interesting is I also made a decision young in high school. I was like, I know I'm a whole. If you don't care about me, I might just be a whole to you. And I decided like what I, my body's sacred and not everyone, anyone gets to touch it. And I think it made me very hyper vigilant of the men that I would, I would kiss, I would touch, get near because I didn't trust men. And though I was attracted and I was like, you know, I remember at like 14, a boy trying to go for my boobs. And I was like offended. Like, you want to fucking ask me? Like, no, this is not going to happen. And I scared the shit out of boys right and left because <laughs> I had such boundaries and I didn't speak it until you offended me. And then I was like Miss Vocal. So I think that that helped me. I think in some ways I felt like I knew I, I felt sacred. And then in other ways, I think I also was. Um, when it shifted and, and especially after Chris died, my late husband, I think when I wanted to explore, I had a, I had a hard time doing both, like still feeling like I get to choose who I'm going to be with and no, and I had no problem still saying no, but also wanting to explore. And I think that's where it was a little bit more like, uh, like taking a lover and being like, Oh, should I not? Ah, Like, so, um, fuck, I feel like I got more like twisted up a little more pretzeled in my thirties and forties than I did. I had more clarity in my twenties. Um, so in some ways, I think some of my shutting down was, um, quieter, a little bit more subtle than feeling disconnected from my pussy. I did learn though. I'm with Bethany. I did. I made a decision. If you're not going to eat me out first, like if you don't go down on me, I'm not going down on you. If, um, you can't get me off, I'm not getting you off. And if you even try to ask me to get you off done, like, no, like I would just be like, no date, no set third, fourth, whatever date I was on not happening again. And they would just be like, what? And I'm like, you thought you were going to try to get, you wanted to get off before me. You're clearly not my person. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, but it's amazing if you all, I don't know, in the dating world, a lot of men, I feel like there's privilege. Like, of course you'd get me off. That's what women do. They want to make please me. Mm-hmm. And it would piss me off mm-hmm. that there was this assumption in some of these, I mean, a lot of good guys, but there was this assumption that I wanted to get them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all and about that's them. what we do. <laughs> and then I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> and pussy got really angry Good. and was not opening up <laughs> for them. Yeah, which is what I don't think they realize. <laughs> yeah, I think it is a, a a shift, you know, for a lot of guys. All right, I'm going to ask another question unless anyone wants to add to that topic. Okay. I just have one little thing oh, on Kathleen's little. point. Um, because you talked about Catholic school and masturbation, there is a movie on Netflix that anyone who um, – who's interested wants to watch it's called yes god yes and it touches on that exact thing it follows the story of a teenage girl who is a little turned on and curious about her body and she goes to a catholic school and it's kind of all about her journey into 
getting comfortable with masturbation despite what she's taught uh, from her faith. So um, Kathleen, if you want a cathartic movie to watch, there it is. Or if any of the listeners that resonates with them, it was a really good movie. I highly recommend it. Megan, will you put that in our Facebook group? Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, I can put some of my favorite sex positive uh, shows yeah. in there. That. I've got sex too many. positive movies. Yes, please. Pussy <laughs> yeah. positive. Woo-hoo. Okay, so ladies, we've come to the time. Hard right is about to happen. So the question is you all agree to pick one or more activities around being pussy positive, transformation of yourself and your pussy. Would you all declare what activity you're going to take on before our next panel? You might do one now and another one later. You might be like, fuck it. I'm doing like all of them. Um, I'm sure Kathleen, that's where you're going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, not one. Give me 10. I'll just try them out. Um, what? I have three, but now I'm going to go to two. You, you scared her, Aaron. Right. Yeah, I was avoiding one. Oh, well, that's the one you need to do then. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> I'm gonna listen to my pussy. I'm gonna, maybe I'm gonna listen and then journal about it. I think that's a big one for me. Yeah. Okay. Fabulous. So, um, would anyone like to share what they're gonna do? And elaborate maybe a little bit so you know I, I feel like you should start you've been no. doing this the longest you've got like four or five years under your belt so can you tell us pussy historian what maybe one you're going to do for the first time or bring back well i think well so this was the the thing that really startled me when i was reading the book because i i have it on my kindle and so there were so many things that I had highlighted first time around. It was like, yeah, you know, I want to remember this. I want to do this and everything. And going back four years later and realizing like how many of those things I've actually incorporated in some way or the other. And so it just felt really affirming to me um, to see how far I've come. And I think my big one actually really is, um, is doing the self-pleasuring because I come from this background of, of my body being frozen and not being able to feel for so long. Mm -hmm. That's like the, like, that's the biggest edge for me is how do I be with my body with approval, knowing that she takes a long time to get aroused. So like, actually, you know, again, kind of going back to this idea of like, giving myself that time and space that I'm expecting that my husband's going to give me, but yet do I actually give that to myself to actually feel, um, to wake my body up and to feel. Perfect. Thank you. I mean, I'll have you ever read the book come as you are by Dr. Emily Nagoski. I haven't read that one. I really like, um, so good. All right. It's so, I'm, it reads like a novel. It's so it's, I mean, it's not, it's, she's a sex educator and um, she talks about how men and women have, we all have a sex break and a sex accelerator. And some of us have, it sounds like Bethany, a super like <laughs> sensitive accelerator, like it's go, no problem. But most 
women tend to have a much more um, slow accelerator and it's all the things that need to like happen for that information because um, it just because something's sexually relevant doesn't mean that it's sexually arousing. Right. So yeah, you could see like pussy goes, Oh, it's a restaurant, but that doesn't mean I want to eat at the restaurant. It's just, Oh, it's a restaurant. And so she, she talks about this and then some of us have, or for a lot of women, it's, it's a break. You have a super sensitive break and stress and all these other things are just loading down your break. And until you remove all of these things from the break, then nothing is going to happen because the stress and the children and the work and the things are all just slamming on that break and knowing how to either unload the brake or how to touch the accelerator or do mm-hmm. those kinds of things are all really important for getting to that space you want to be in and it doesn't always necessarily have to be like it, a lot of it is not about sex it's about what we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis but yeah her whole book is about um she talks about more about women than men but she puts like she talks about men too because they also have a break in an accelerator they just tend to have more acceleration where women tend to have more break but not a hundred it's not you know nothing's all and every it's just you know most tend to be in that situation um and so she has, she's, and she talks about everything being context dependent. I'm about 250 pages in and I've only been reading it for a week. It's just so reads so fast. Cause it reads like a, a story. Oh, wow. Thank so you. Since we're on you. I've heard of it and I hadn't, hadn't read it before. I love um, Sherry Winston's um, women's anatomy of arousal, mm-hmm. like funny book. Like she goes into a lot of details and about arousal patterns and picture beautiful drawings and mm-hmm. history and things like that. But um, also I've done um, Jaya's erotic blueprint quiz. And so I know, I know my arousal pattern. It's like, I tend to be um, energetic, but also I've got like a little bit of kink. So I like kind of like the scratchy and the irritating and kind of grindy that kind of quality um what is that can you share is that like a link that people can just go and take a quiz and it's free or yeah yeah oh it's actually gosh. free it's um can you put that in the group too yes facebook yes um, yeah i, I really want to do that jaya's website her it's spelled j-a-i-y-a is uh-huh. her name and okay. she's been around for a very long time um teaching this and it's really fascinating because a big part of what she talks about is is if you and your partner have um different blueprints Mm -hmm. then um that almost like love languages it's a similar thing like that can cause a lot of friction if you don't understand what your particular blueprint is that's amazing that's what i'm gonna do this week guys that's (laughs) experiential All right, Thank so you. MJ, you were talking. Do you want to tell us an uh, activity or two you're going to take on? I am going to do the pussification homework where you there's a whole list of different things and I have, I don't know, 12 of them highlighted. Um, things about creating little rituals or um, it's called pussifying and reclaiming the beauty mm-hmm. and celebrating the woman that you are. My word for 2021 is pleasure. Um, finding pleasure so like I bought candles I cleaned out a cabinet that has been 
pissing me off for years. <laughs> and I was fine. Like, I don't care if you want anything in this cabinet, I'm throwing it all away. So I hate this cabinet. I don't like the organization of this cabinet. And I dumped it all on the floor and said, you better go through it. Cause it's going in the dustbin. Um, and I created a whole section that has candles in it and it has all my incense in it. And it has, I bought a bag of a hundred tea light candles, which is just the most impractical thing in the entire universe. Cause they <laughs> burn out in like 30 <laughs> seconds. It's <laughs> dumb, but I want them. So I did it. And I just created that whole little area. And then I will, I lighting candles all the time because it makes me happy. Um, and then the, um, Spending time setting daily intentions is something that I have started since reading this book. So I bought a pack of cards called The Power of Love, and it has 44 different words on it. And once a week, I go through and I pull a card for myself, and then I sit and reflect on it. And then I make that my word of the week. And I put my word of the week on my, I call it my living vision board, because I don't like the word alter. It makes it feel... I don't know. It's yucky to me. Religious. I don't like it. It's religious, yeah, yeah. It connects it to religion. <laughs> and I don't, it, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> no, because it's, you know, I'm not, I'm spiritual, not religious, but I just yeah. don't like the word altar. It doesn't have the right feel for what that space is for me. So I call it my living vision board and I put it on my living vision board. And, um, then I think about, I, cause I walk past it every single time I go to the bedroom and I think about that word and the practice of that word and then I started posting it on Facebook. I decided I'm going to post it because then I'll see it um, quite often. So I'm doing things like that, adorning yourself with clothes you feel hot in, wearing lingerie under your work clothes, just that pretty much the whole list. I'm just going to do it all. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kayla, I'm going to go to you. What, what are you doing? What is your pussy activity? So um, I have three and one of them is also pussyfication like MJ. I, so my best friend bought me this like calendar for 2021, which as you know, our 2021s were useless. So we were like, oh, let's get cute calendars for each other for Christmas. So I got her like an astrological one and she got me a daily intentions and like self-care one. And she's like, you really need to do this. Um, and then I opened it. I mean, so I opened it today to write down like my weekly and month, daily, whatever. And I realized I had only done like Monday and Tuesday of every week this month. <laughs> so, um, and so as Aaron said earlier, I'm, I'm a new lawyer and I have been prepping for trial the last two weeks. So my self-care, pussy pleasure, everything, I have just completely like ignored it and I've just been grinding and working all day all night um so I like saw that and I was just like oh my gosh and then I was like okay well I have to <laughs> pick a couple things off this list of pussification because I have clearly been neglecting it and um also just like pleasuring myself every day that's something that I was like I need to just take the time I know she talks about um, mama Gina talks about how she spends like her first hour of the morning, just doing stuff for herself and like thinking of her gratitude and going on walks and getting her blood flowing. And I tend to do that like most days of the week, but I don't sit down and do have intentions and like think about my gratitude and everything. I kind of just like do my workout and I go, all right, I did it all today. <laughs> like I can go to work now. 
So um, definitely taking more time to do all of that. And then there was something, it wasn't really a homework thing, but on page 72, she talks about like sitting with one of your sister goddesses for like 15 minutes and just continually asking each other, like, what do you have on desire? Um, so I'm going to do that with my best friend, Tess. She's reading the book and listening to the podcast. And um, we get told a lot we need to do things like that. We just need to sit with each other. And like, I think Aaron told us in a reading that I needed to just break Tess. Like I needed to take her for a run until she cried or something. And her therapist told us, her therapist was like, you guys just need to like sit and stare in each other's eyes for five minutes and like get Tess to like have a connection. So, um, so I'm going to make her do that too, since everyone keeps telling us we have to do things like that. Oh, awesome. Thank you. All right. We got Megan and Kathleen. Megan doesn't look like she wants to share. <laughs> She's I, like, oh God. This one this there there was two questions you you had on the outline that just kind of made me panic and it was this one and probably the one that's coming after this um I I've started implementing everything that was mentioned in the book uh in one way or another um but there was one part of the book that just made it 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 shook me Um, And that was the point where she bought, she went into debt to buy this really expensive dress and had a painting done of her. And, and every time she talks about like, Oh, I want it. So I got it. I want it. So I did it. And that is such a foreign concept to me of doing things. Cause just cause you want to. Um, And it gives me anxiety just to think about. So that is going to be my mission for the next few weeks is to just do things because I like it. And, um, you know, I noticed that I actually have never bought a vibrator because they're too expensive. And why would you spend money on that when you can do it for free? And, you know, I don't have sexy lingerie because again, it's expensive. And why would I do that? And, you know, I don't, I, most of my clothes are from middle school and high school because I'm an environmentalist and I don't want to buy new clothes. And also, why would I buy new clothes when mine are perfectly fine, even though I hate most of it, what I wear. So that's been, that's going to be my thing. I'm going to get myself some new pretty things because I need it. And I started painting my nails again, though I've been sitting here chipping it off. <laughs> and I'm just going to do things because I like it or because I want it. And that's reason enough. So that's my thing. Awesome. Megan, do you live in Ventura County? I do. Go to Tristology on Main yeah. Street in Ventura. Tucker I go Roy in there Bay. all the time. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, right. I go in Perfect. there and then the star books place and then um, uh, Aphrodite's. So I always walk in and look at them and then I go, oh, $40 for a vibrator? Fuck that. No. <laughs> Mine's 120 Damn. Oh my God. That's just my butt. Just <laughs> yeah, I know. But you know what's funny? When, so when, when Chris died, I think I received like six vibrators. 
Like that was the top number one thing that I got. And Carl's like, why do you have like so many vibrators? It's like a day. And I was like, oh God. And I actually gave some away. I didn't even open some. Um, <laughs> but I think this is a good thing for anyone listening that I think Minel said is finding a place local to you, like a shop where you feel comfortable because the one, what's it called again? It's in Ventura downtown. Called Tristology. And Roy Lynn, actually, she created it when she realized that there aren't shops like that for women where you can go in and actually like ask questions about them it's like all of the shops that are out there are designed for men like like through a man's gaze yeah Mm -hmm. and so she's made it it's like it's almost like going into like a boudoir and it's like she has high-end things and she's got what I like is like, she's like, oh yeah, here, feel it and feel like if, what it feels like. And this is, you know, you, you can wash it or whatever it is. It's like, she'll. She's it's like awesome. I didn't know about that. She, yeah, that store is the epitome her, of pacification. Yeah. Yeah. Carl yeah. and Carl felt really comfortable talking to her. Like he was yeah. very like, well, what should we get? And they were talking lubricants for like 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, freaking it. <laughs> <laughs> you know so um if you're looking for a place if you don't live in our area in ventura california or in the county of you go like just google like yelp where's female friendly lingerie where's places where you can have those conversations and feel like liberated and celebrated but also feel like it's a little confidential and it doesn't feel like you walked into a porn shop because we got one of those yeah. too in our city mm-hmm. and definitely a different feeling it's that's the one i prefer all right (laughs) mama kathleen we saved you for last girlfriend oh i already said oh shit balls what did you say (laughs) i'm gonna she went first (laughs) i'm gonna check i'm gonna talk to my pussy i am going to like when i make decision i'm gonna ask her and i'm gonna go with one and journal it and see what happens and then i'm gonna go when she says one way, I'm going to do the opposite and see how that turns out. And um, you're then- such a Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> Why? This is the other Virgo. <laughs> Research this pussy conversation. I'm going to go with it, against it. Because well, that's what she. That's says. what she says in the book. Yeah. Though. Supposed yeah. to pick. What is? Follow it. Exactly. I wonder what Regina is. So I'm going I'm all about the pussy. I'm going to touch. I'm going to. I did try that. I put my, for like, my alarm kept going off on my phone and Tom kept saying, what's going on? What are you doing? And I'm like, fine. I'm every hour I'm doing homework. Every hour I'm supposed to touch my pussy. It's getting annoying though. This is, so I stopped. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) It's getting annoying though. I love it. (laughs) That's awesome. So anyway, that's That's what I'm doing, Erin. Yeah. Okay, okay Aaron. what are you doing? I think I'm going to go into, assuming it's open, I can go in um, to, what's it called again, Menal Sex? Tristology. Tristology. I want to call it sexology. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to buy something impractical because I'm with Megan. Like, I have thongs. Like, I have found my pretty, but not too uncomfortable, not uncomfortable stuff. And I've given up wireless bras. Uh, and during the pandemic. So I think what I found is I'm not committed to being uncomfortable, but I still want to feel 
pretty. And I feel like I need some support on like, I want a pretty bra, but I'm not going to do the underwire. So how do I, and I think I need some mentor in that. So one, I'll do that. Two is I thought, Bethany, you were going to tell me one of the ones I was going to do. I thought I over handed over something to you. It's a lot of power, but okay. Maybe I not. mean, I gave you something to do like a long time ago, like episodes ago that I don't know if you ever actually did, but well, it was about pleasuring yourself, like oh, giving yourself a full body massage. Like, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, but I do it. I pleasure myself. I can yeah. masturbate. I can touch my body. But when I, and so I have like a touching, which is, I think, okay, here's what I did. I've learned to touch, enjoy my skin, like touching my skin and my thighs. I really enjoy where I used to go. That's not strong. Like if I go to my quads, I've got like killer ass strong quads, but then I come up to my thighs or my inner thighs and they're softer. Yeah. And I've enjoyed that. What, um, what I will do, I've got this from fried green tomatoes where you take a hand mirror and you look at your pussy. I never done that. I do awesome. naked in the mirror. No problem. But to spread my legs, just to look at my own pussy, I'll take that one on. Awesome. I don't know what I'm going to say to it or what, or it'll say to me, but I'll just at least check her out. In a yeah, we'll do it for more than just a second. Like, don't just do a peek, like actually spend time. I can't peekaboo. Woo! No. <laughs> that, that defeats the point. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll spend a good few minutes. Yeah. Yes. Lock the doors. Spread it. Spread her open. Like, give her a real good, like, you know, hello. Okay. And unveiling. (laughs) And I will be sure to text you what she has to say. Awesome. Afterwards, I'll be like, "So, Bethany, she wants to tell you this. She wants to tell you to fuck (laughs) off." (laughs) (laughs) All right, B. What are you gonna do? Um. So I already created a. I'm creating a pussy altar. Well, I mean, it's it's sitting actually right here next to me. If you guys want to see it, but I put my yoni eggs up there and my crystal wands, and I that's the picture I painted of my pussy right there mm. on the wall. And um, what I'm gonna do is every week, kind of like MJ, I'm, I have a divine feminine oracle deck, and so I'm pulling one every week and putting it up there for the guidance. Um, and then I really want to get back to basics, like with what I had mentioned. We were talking about in the beginning. So going along with Kathleen is like, I really want to ask my pussy like, and, and really feel, I want to feel the difference between her, my heart and my head. Like, so I can, mm-hmm. so I know what it feels like. Um, so I don't have to question, you know, the decisions that I make. Um, and then I also like, um, Caitlin had wanted to do the, what do you have on desire with one of my girlfriends? Cause I haven't done that. And I know that would be a big breakthrough for me. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm going to do. What Wonderful. does that question mean to you, Bethany and Caitlin, since both of you are doing it? The what do I have on desire? So I had to, I, I, the, the, it was confusing for me at first, too, mm-hmm. um, where I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, what do I have on desire? So I had to like reread the section where she talks about it. And it's more so just like, what, what do you desire right now? I guess would be another way, or like, what are you mm-hmm. desiring? What's, but something, and, and I think it's more so what I got, the gist I got was, what are you desiring that you're not allowing yourself to desire or saying out loud mm. and, and actually being able to just say it out loud without any expectation of it happening necessarily, or like how someone's going to react to it. That's what I took away from it. What about you, Caitlin? That's, yeah, that's what I took away from it. I had to okay. read it a couple of times, but I liked 
what caught my eye first was their responses to it. And I was like, oh, what yeah. are they, what are they going back and forth with? And then I was like, so then I reread it and I liked the format it goes by. Cause you also thank the person when they answer. So you just say, thank yes. you. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like a non-judgmental, like, I appreciate you giving this information to me and like sharing this space with me. Yeah. Cause if you think about it, we really don't allow ourselves to desire as much as we do desire. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she talked about it in the book, but that practice of spring cleaning, like that for, for over probably a year and a half, I was doing it daily. And it was literally, it was like whatever was up for me that day. So like, that's a beautiful prompt to start with, but it's just, it's whatever's up for me. And it's to be witnessed in it. And as you were saying, Caitlin, it's like to not be judged, to literally have this opportunity to empty all of the whatever swirling to get down to my truth or get down to my knowing, get down to my intuition. Um, get down to my desire underneath it's been it's been a very powerful practice and then to have a regular practice with another woman um, to witness her and then like on an ongoing basis to just like I don't know you you, only way I can describe it is like these are my best friends now and it's because I've been witnessing them every week for a few years now it's like, I just know I can feel them. I can sense them. I can tell when they're like circling around something and they haven't dipped in. And when they get to the thing that's like, oh my God, this is going to change your life. And it's, it's a remarkable practice. We'll definitely talk about that. Cause I think witnessing was a big aha for me later in the book that comes up. All right, ladies, again, thank you for joining us. The vulnerability, the boldness, um, for taking on an activity or 12. Um, and we're excited. So when we come back for part three, we'll be sharing. What does that look like? So with that, I want to have you sign off and thank you for being our fellow pussy journeyers and just making this such a community um, that Bethany and I hoped for. Yeah. Thank you guys. Bye ladies. Bye. 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 Bye.